God's word for our meditation this morning is the gospel lesson appointed for the second Sunday in Advent from Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is the gospel of our Lord. Sometimes the news that we want to hear is not the news we need to hear. Probably had it happen at the doctor before. Okay? You want those numbers to come in lower on your labs, right? But they, they aren't. But you need to hear it, don't you? Your cholesterol's still too high. Your blood pressure's still too high. Right? Kids, the teacher, the news you might want to hear is, hey, your grade went up. But the news you need to hear is, you need to work harder. We need to get you a tutor. Maybe, maybe it's that news from our friend or parent or spouse right, that we want to hear that we've done well. We want to hear that we're good. But sometimes what we need to hear is you failed. It's not pleasant to hear, is it? Because we want to feel good. We want people to bring us news and tell us things that make us feel good about ourselves and, and always build us up. And, but that's not always the case. That's not always what we need. How about when you come to church? Is the message you want to hear always the message you really need to hear? Do you come here to, to feel good about yourself and, and how you're living? Is that what you come here for? Right, to hear and, and be able to point to all the other people out there who aren't, aren't as good as you because they don't come to church. Right? And they don't try as hard as you. And they're not as loving and forgiving, as kind as you. Right? Is, that, is that what you come here for? Do you come here to try to get this list of things to make your life better? Right? Just, just give me five things, Pastor, that I can, I can do to go and be a better person this week. Is, is, that, what, is that what you're here to hear? 
And pastors certainly don't talk about my sins. <laughs> don't, don't point out my faults. Uh, don't tell me that, that what I've been doing is, is wrong and evil. Right? It's the message that you really want to hear, the message that you really need to hear. John the Baptist is a man who didn't always preach what the people wanted to hear. But he certainly preached what they needed to hear. And we should listen to John the Baptist this morning. Because do you realize outside of Jesus, he's the only other person prophesied to come in the New Testament? He's a pretty important guy. And really, we kind of give him this one Sunday, the second Sunday in Advent, where we listen to John the Baptist and hear maybe the message you don't want to hear at first, but let's be honest, it's the message you really need to hear. John the Baptist was a, a, a unique individual, and not because of his clothes and his diet. In fact, those things were really quite common, like the camel's hair clothes and eating wild honey and locusts wasn't, wasn't that out of the ordinary. In fact, it's possible that that's pointed out to show really how common he was in many ways, but what was, what was unique and different about John was the message he came preaching and where he was doing his preaching. You see, John was not at the temple in Jerusalem. John the Baptist was not on the street corners he wasn't even this traveling preacher going from every town to village to preach his message. You know where he was? About 40 miles outside of Jerusalem. Out in the wilderness. 40 miles that people were coming from all over, on foot, mind you, from Jerusalem, and it says from the entire region to listen to him. Word had spread about this man and what he was teaching, and it was different than what they had been hearing. It was not the same old message they had been hearing from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It was different, and it wasn't maybe easy to hear. It's maybe what they didn't want to hear, but the people came to realize it's exactly what they needed to hear. And what was his message that, that brought all of these people just flocking to him from miles and miles around on foot? Well, it wasn't you're pretty good people. Right? You're, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. Right? You, you're better than most other people, so you got that going for you. It wasn't a list of five rules on how to go and be better, better believers. You know what John the Baptist's message was? It was the Messiah's on his way. The one that has been promised for thousands of years. He is the one that's coming. I'm the one who's been sent to be the forerunner, to prepare the way for him to come. And the way to prepare that John preached, the message that those people were hearing was, repent. Repent because the kingdom of God has come near. Well, what does it mean to repent? What is What is repentance? Repentance is not realizing you have things to work on and things to fix in your life. 
Repentance is not even just being sorry for your sins. When the Bible talks about repentance, it really includes three things. Repentance is first and foremost realizing who we are before a holy God. Poor, miserable sinners who have nothing to offer him who have no right to be anywhere near him, who only deserve to be sent away from him and experience his wrath and his punishment forever in hell. To recognize our sinfulness in thought and word and deed and confess those sins to the holy God. That's the first part of repentance. The second part is of repentance is that we trust that when we confess those sins, God forgives them that he's a merciful God. That while he is holy and while he is just, he is also at the same time compassionate and gracious. And with that confession of those sins and that realization of who we are before a holy God, he says that he forgives those sins. Not because of anything we have done, but because of everything that our Savior Jesus Christ has done for us. Repentance is realizing our sinfulness and our need our need for God's mercy, and then receiving that mercy through the forgiveness of sins. And then the third part of repentance, and this is the hard one for a lot of us. Sometimes we just stop there after step two. But repentance also means change. The, the, the word, the original word in, in the original language for repent actually means to turn around, to go the other direction, and to go that way. So it's not just, you know, imagine you're, you're driving down the road and you're going the wrong direction. That's a problem. <laughs> well, you need to get the car turned around. Well, that's a good start. But then you actually need to head in the right direction. That's the picture of repentance. That there's a change. That we're not what we used to be. <laughs> because we've experienced the grace and forgiveness of God. And that's the message that John was preaching in that wilderness, that people were flocking to hear. Repent. Confess those sins. Receive God's full and free forgiveness. And then with his power, go. And you're different now. You have a changed life now. Those, those old, sinful, evil ways, that, that's not who you are anymore. Repent because the kingdom of God is near. And the people, the people wanted to hear it because they knew they needed to hear it because that's not what they were hearing before that is not the message they were being, being brought they were being brought the message that if you just do all these things if you are a good person if you just check off these boxes then God will be pleased with you that is not repentance Repentance is despairing of yourself, clinging to the mercy of God, and then with his help, changing. And the people heard something new. They needed to hear it, so they wanted to hear it. And it changed everything for them. They came and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Their sins were washed clean. They received that promised Holy Spirit, just as you have in the waters of your baptism. There it is. The waters of your baptism which brought you into the family of God, that assured you that you are his, that you belong to him, that that forgiveness is yours. 
And they left that Jordan River changed. With that power of the Holy Spirit living within them. It's the message they needed to hear. They realized it was the message they had been wanting to hear all along. But you know, there were some other in, others in the crowd who really didn't think they needed John's message a whole lot. You see, there were these two groups of religious leaders who came out in the wilderness to, to hear what was going on, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, and the reason was probably because he was gaining such a following. And they had heard what he was preaching was so different from what they had been teaching and maybe were taking some followers away from them. And so here they are kind of standing in the background, just kind of listening to what's going on. And John sees them and addresses them. And he says to them, you brood of vipers. Literally what it means is you are the spawn of Satan. You are the offspring of Satan. You are doing Satan's work because you are the religious leaders. You are the ones who are supposed to be teaching and preaching the word of God, preaching and teaching repentance. But what you're telling these people is not leading them to God, but away from God. You are doing the work of Satan by telling them that it's all about the outward. It's all about what they do. They didn't want to hear John's message. They didn't think they needed to hear John's message because they thought they had it all together. They thought they had it all figured out. They thought it was their life that made them right with God and what they did. They were actually leading people away from God. And so John goes on and says to them, he says, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? That's kind of a sarcastic question that John is asking them there. It's rhetorical, too. He's not looking for an answer, but they don't, they don't think they need to flee from the coming wrath. They're not there because they're, 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 they, they know they're sinful. They, they think they're really good. They think that their good life has earned them God's grace. They don't think they have to flee from the coming wrath. They think that they're saved from it because of themselves. And he says to them, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Now, their outward acts weren't the problem. They lived very, very good lives. Everyone else looked up to the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they lived such good lives. They, they went to the synagogue. They knew their scriptures. They, they gave their offerings. They helped the poor. But what John is saying, and they understood is that that fruit wasn't from repentance. Their good works wasn't because they knew and experienced God's grace and mercy and they knew they were sinful and how God had been so compassionate to them. The problem wasn't their outward works, it was the heart. Their hearts were evil. Their, far, uh, their hearts were far from God. He says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And then he cuts out the other leg from underneath them that they would stand on. And he says, and don't think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. So first they would look to their good works, but then they would look to their lineage. Well, we're children of Abraham. We're children of the promise. And Jesus says, no, that counts for nothing. Who your bloodline is who you can trace your ancestry back to, that, that does not matter at all. God can raise children of Abraham out of these stones if he really wants to. 
John gives these Pharisees and Sadducees the message that they don't think they need to hear. But he does. Because he really wants the same thing for them as he does for the other people. John isn't talking tough in front of the other people to show that you know, he's boss and these Pharisees and Sadducees don't know what they're talking about. Right? It's not to gain more followers. No. He wants these Pharisees and Sadducees to repent too. And he says to them, he says that, you know, I, I, you're out here listening to my message. You're out here and, and thinking that, you know, I'm the one to worry about, but you've got someone else you should really worry about. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Pharisees and Sadducees, the Messiah is coming. And you're in danger. And don't worry about me. <laughs> worry about the one who's coming, the Messiah. The message to both of these groups there at the Jordan River is the same. It's repent. Repent. Friends, which group would you be standing with on that Jordan River bank? I mean, be honest with yourself this morning. I'm not going to make you raise your hand and tell me. Just be honest with yourself. And don't think you're hiding anything from God. I mean, He knows. You're not pulling the wool over His eyes. Be honest, which, which group would you be standing with? Would you be with those Pharisees and Sadducees? Thinking that this is a message that you, you really don't need to hear? That you're okay? That you've been a good person? That you've done your best? Or at least you're, you're better than many, many other people out there. Or maybe you'd, you'd point to all of the good things that you've done and, and what a good, strong Christian you are. Maybe that's what you, you plan to, to offer to God and why you think you're right with him, right? Because you come to church? Because you give generous offerings? Because you're kind and compassionate? You're a loving spouse, loving parent? Or maybe it's because, hey, I come from a long generation of Christians. Right? I, I, can, I can trace that back all the way. Right? And that's what you stand on. Would you be standing with those Pharisees and Sadducees? Thinking this is a message that you don't really need to hear. That repentance really isn't for you because you're all right with God because of the way you live and what you've been doing and the good that you do. Or would you be standing with the other group? Maybe, maybe listening to a message that you really don't want to hear. And none of us wants to hear how bad we really are. None of us really wants to hear about the evil that, that resides in our hearts and our minds and have that brought out into the daylight. But friends, that's the message we need to hear, isn't it? To hear that call to repent. And if that's where you stand, 
If you stand with that group that is ready to confess those sins to God and not try to hide them from him, because you're not anyways, but instead to realize what you deserve because of those sins and then to trust in your Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness and then with his power in you to resolve that that's not me anymore. I'm different. I'm changed. Right? If repentance is your way of life, well, then no, friends, it's yours. Know that through repentance, God assures you, you are forgiven. That he is with you. That as you leave here, and you go back to your homes and your workplaces and wherever you go, that the Holy Spirit goes with you with new thoughts, new attitudes that then results in new words and new actions. But then when I fall into sin again to come back and hear that call again, repent. Friends, that's what the life of a Christian is. It's repentance, daily repentance, clinging to the mercy of God revealed in Christ Jesus, our Savior. It's yours. It's the message you need to hear. And so it should be the message you want to hear. Wherever you're standing this morning, hear the call to repent. Because it's only in repentance where you find true and lasting comfort and joy. In daily repentance, in daily clinging to the perfect life of Jesus Christ lived for you, of clinging to that cross stained with innocent blood for you. And every time you need to go back and peer into that empty tomb and to see what that Savior, Jesus Christ, has accomplished for you. So that you can be filled, filled with comfort and filled with joy to go and to live, to live for Him and for His glory. It's the message I know you want to hear. Because I know you know. It's the message you desperately need to hear. God grant it to you. Amen.